Hello, and welcome back to the Metal God Podcast. Hi. Hello. Hope your guys' week has been pretty good. Um, this is week four, at least our fourth episode we've recorded. Um, we're, go- we're going on a series about the Baptist distinctives. And we've covered biblical authority, autonomy of the local church... Well, and then, then we had the first episode, which was our introduction. And then the, yeah, I'm getting mixed up. The first but, episode was our introduction. But this is the third episode in the series. Yeah, so the third episode, and it's Priesthood of the Believers. And I'm going to, we're just going to dig right in. I'm going to hand it over to Caleb, and he's going to give you a bit of a definition. And yeah, take the floor, man. Okay, so Priesthood of Believers. Uh, by this, is it is meant that every born-again believer may pray without a human intercessor directly to God through Christ Jesus, the High Priest. Uh, with that, there's some scripture references that talk about the being priesthood or the holy priesthood of believers. First uh, Peter chapter 2, verse 5 and verse 9. That's First Peter chapter 2, verse 5 and verse 9. If y'all have y'all's Bible, you can turn there with me. Uh, It says, Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. And then going down the verse 9, it says, But ye are a chosen generation, a holy priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should shew forth the praises of him who hath called you out of the darkness, and into his marvelous light. Um, I have a little bit different, um, a little bit different verse. It's in Hebrews four, fourteen to sixteen. While you turn there, um, actually, my uh, small group has been going through First Peter, and we actually talked about that that verse specifically <clears throat> with that because it would bring the idea of temple sacrifice and relating that to the common people. It would relate very easily, being to a Jewish audience. Um, again, we just want to make sure, giving credit where credit's due, our definition today is from uh, Biblical Basis for Baptists, the, ex- by, the revised and expanded edition by Drs. Daniel and Dwayne Brown. Dr. Dwayne Brown wrote this book in 1969, and it was expanded in, ni- in 2009 by Dr. Daniel Brown and Dr. Dwayne Brown, and it is an excellent book. Now... Hebrews 4, 14 to 16. Seeing then we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we, tempted like as we are, yet without sin. <clears throat> and then verse 16 let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Um, obviously the part there that we're looking at is 16. We can come to the throne of grace, come to Jesus, come to God, and talk and bring forth our, if, if you remember, acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. We can... We can boldly ask God for 
for what we need, pray to him and and communicate with him and tell him what we what I mean tell him the promises, relaying the promises he's given to us. I mean that's such a joy and such a privilege to be able to take anything we have to the Lord in prayer. Yeah. For a verse that talks about that, it's in Philippians 4, 6. Let me get there real quick. And it talks very specifically about going to God with your request. It says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So, just with prayer and supplication, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. We're very thankful that we can. We're very thankful that He has allowed us that we, through Christ Jesus, we can make our request, our wants, our needs. We can pray to God through Christ Jesus, and we're very thankful for that. You know, with that, you know, there's, uh, in Matthew, uh, Jesus talks about, um, Jesus talks on the, I think it's on the Sermon on the Mount yet, he, uh, who can add a cubit to a statue, statue by worry? Um, and if if um, if your father gives unto you generously, think how much more perfectly the father gives unto you because he is perfect. Mm. Um, I think another thing to bring out of Matthew and out of the Sermon on the Mount is from chapter six. Um, obviously our model for prayer and we'll we'll talk about why it probably shouldn't just it why it shouldn't be just vainly repeated and why it's more yeah. our, our our model for it but uh starting in matthew 6 verse 9 after this manner therefore pray ye our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive us as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For th- for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Um And so what that is what that is is it just shows us what we should we should start by coming before God, praising him adoring him seeing his wonder and and speaking that to him just telling him that we're amazed by him then we should go into um praying for his will to be done here i mean that's um something something else we should do uh, that kingdom come that will be done as earth as on earth as it is in heaven um and um then we talk about the supplication of what we need. God cares about what we need. And he says, when we pray, we should ask that he would give us what we need for the day. Give us uh, the daily bread that we need and help us to forgive as we have been forgiven. Mm-hmm. Um, lead us not into temptation. God doesn't tempt us. Um, he says that in James. In James, um, exactly. 
Um, but it talks about um, it's more of a lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Um, some translations put evil one, and I mm -hmm. think mine has a note. Yep, mine has a note in my Bible or the evil one. Um, it, it it got it's. I think James. I think the verse you're thinking of it says, "Whenever you're tempted, God provides a means of escape." That's First uh, uh, Corinthians. Yeah, that's First Corinthians. First James. Okay. In James one, it, in verse thirteen, it says, "Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth in he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed." Then when lust have conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth a death. Well, <clears throat> so God cannot be tempted by evil, and neither, and man cannot be tempted by God. One thing we need to, to look at with a passage like that is, so in the early part of James 1, mm -hmm. In verse 2, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. And in more recent translations, it can translate it to trials. Because James 1, 2 through 4 is considered the trial passage. Mm -hmm. And so if we take it into diverse temptations and then provide it with, or translate it into the verse that you were talking mm -hmm. about, just saying, like, yes, I'm not tempted by God, but just say, you know, these trials aren't because of God. Correct. These trials are because of... Because that... So many people can think that... Yeah. Um, trial, oh, God's testing me. Yeah. And that is somewhat true. And that's to better our faith. Correct. He's using those trials. He's using those trials. more genuine correct. with what we do. He's using them to mold us and make us more into the image of uh, Christ, into the image of Him. Um, and He uses those trials to uh, grow us in our faith. And in some, in, and some, in some points, yeah, test. Test us in our faith. Um, like in Job. He allowed Satan to uh, tempt Job, and he allowed to Satan test, to touch Job yeah, and touch Job to test Job's faith, to test and to show that Job would remain faithful, and to once again prove Satan wrong. Did you find that verse you were thinking I, of? I I didn't. I want to um, say. I want to say it's like First Corinthians fifteen, maybe. First Corinthians. Okay, see, I was looking at the earlier section. That's probably why. I want to say um, it's. I know it's in the Corinthians for sure. I just read it not long ago. And what? What were you referencing? It's um, um, with everything, God gives us a way of escape. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna check Second Corinthians. You gotta love these improv sessions. You oh, know. yeah. Brace one there gets to buy me lunch. 
Uh, well, I think I'm not looking for today. <laughs> <laughs> well, um... I wish I had my other Bible. I can yeah. do the chain reference. But well, I, I have my I have a strong coordinates. I'll I'll grab that out quick and just just try looking it up in there. I think the word is escape, right? Uh, yeah. God provides a mean of escape. Yeah. We're not... The concept of the verse is that we're not tempted beyond what we could... Beyond what we can handle. I used a... Or not I used... I knew a guy that used this analogy, and that was... Imagine that we're glow sticks. First Corinthians... Sorry, before we... Oh, go ahead. I, I, before I lose it. <laughs> First Corinthians 10, verse 13 says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. There's the verse. Mm-hmm. But anyway, where I was going. Sorry. Go so we're a glow. <laughs> we're a glow stick, right? Yeah. And what do you do with glow sticks? You have to break them. Well, yeah, but you don't break the outside. You Correct. bend it. You bend it. And what happens when you bend it? It starts to it light starts up. The to glow. It starts to light up. So, I mean, it almost doesn't work because you do have to break the glow stick. Uh huh. At least on the inside, correct. But it still works because God. No might, analogy is perfect. God, yeah. God might is perfect. Might take us and he might bend us a bit, but he'll never break us. Yeah. Well, he'll anything he does, he knows that we can handle, even if it seems hard for us. <clears throat> but we did want to go into just a little bit of not really a rabbit trail, but talking about priesthood of the believers, being able to pray to God. We wanted to go back into Roman, or uh, Hebrews, pardon me, right? Well, I was going to go into the Old Testament a little bit. Okay. Because back when they would, they built the tabernacle, back when the it was children of Israel that built the tabernacle, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they built the tabernacle, and they had a section of the, of the tabernacle that was called the Holy of Holies. And... I don't want to get it wrong, but that's where God dwelled, right? Uh, yeah, the, the priest could only go there and once the a year on, a, go in. The, on the day of the atonement. High the high priest the high only priest, yes. for a short period of time during the day of atonement, which is the festival on which everyone offered sacrifices and um, sacrifices to atone for their sins, Correct. which Hebrews says, and I, I think it's out of Hebrews 10, um, it it talks about sacrifices and burnt offerings, but it also says, for, for it is, uh, oh, actually, for it is not possible that, ooh. Are you reading the right place? I am not. I'm looking. 
I, I'll, I'll just paraphrase. Um, it's almost as if um, there is no for, there is no forgiveness of of sins without the shedding of blood, and the blood shed for us was Jesus Christ, and it's by His death, burial, and resurrection that we have that we are reconciled to God and justified and and uh, from there it's that we can we have access to the throne room of grace as we were talking about earlier and and from there we're able to communicate with God and, and share with him yeah but I was kind of thinking more of a I know we don't have a lot of time but more of a oh we have plenty of time don't worry about a it. little bit of a, a deeper approach because in the Old Testament, you would have to go to the priest. You'd have to make your sacrifice, and he could go. The high priest could go in once a year and present. So, how the tabernacle was laid out was you had the holy, the holies in the back. Then you had a giant curtain, about an inch, an inch thick, and then you had the rest. I can't remember what was in the rest of the tabernacle. So, when Jesus died on the cross there was a span of events that happened when he took his last breath do you mm -hmm. guys remember what that span of the veil of the temple it, was it torn in two from top to bottom yes the earth shook the rocks were split and the tombs were open and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised yes so we can tie that from Jesus from the death of Jesus tearing the veil mm -hmm into the fact that there was no barrier Correct. between us and God. Correct. Making him the ultimate sacrifice. Yes, the ultimate sacrifice for us. That made a way that where we don't have to continue with the tradition of making sacrifices anymore. Him being the ultimate sacrifices allowed us to now have ultimate access through Jesus Christ to pray and to make our request known to God. Yes. Believe it or not, I have a verse for that. Let me look it up here now. It's, well, I think well, it's on Isaiah. Okay. While you're, while you're thinking yeah. of that, I'm gonna say the word again, just because it's mm -hmm. such a great word. Mm -hmm. Let's die. Let's dig deeper. Yeah. Even. Why was Jesus sent? Because he was sent to save. Oh. We have to go to a verse. Yeah. Our favorite verse, John three sixteen, Amen. And we're going to read 17 because you can't have 16 without 17. Correct. Just like you can't have your cake and eat it too. Is that how the phrase goes? I think so. I can't remember that one. I can't remember. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. Anyway. They're, they're, anyway. Yeah. So, starting in verse 16 of John 3, is a verse that we all know. For God so loved the world... That he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So, breaking down the verse, we can kind of break John 3.16 into three different parts. Mm -hmm. And that's God so loved the world. That's your first part. Correct. He 
obviously created us, mm -hmm. and we know that because of Genesis 1. Mm -hmm. From the very beginning, in the beginning, I'm going to read it because I'm not going to mess up Genesis 1-1, you know? I'm not going to... In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. I almost ju I almost quoted John 1-1, one, one, <laughs> which would have been okay, but still wrong. Um, <laughs> so God so loved the world. If you have something you make, mm -hmm. you're going to love it, most likely. I mean, sometimes I make a recording of music, and it's like, that is terrible. Mm -hmm. But still, I love it because it's something I got to make. Correct. And so God loves his creation. And so, the next part, that he gave his only begotten son. And why did he do that? Go back to the first part. Because he loved the world. He loved the world. But why is he sending Jesus Christ? What's the most important? So he can save the lost. Correct. So he can save the lost. That's uh, Luke. Because what happened in Genesis 3? The world was perfect when God created it. But in Genesis chapter 3, what happened? What took place? Sin. The sin, the fall of man. The fall of man. And so since that point on, sin had entered into the world, wickedness and evil had filled the hearts of every man. But because of that, and because of that, and seeing this, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Next part. That whoever believes in him should not perish. I guess you could break that into four parts now that I look at it. Yeah. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Mm -hmm. Or I guess we could break it down that who's, who, whosoever believeth in him. Mm -hmm. What does it take to believe? Faith. Faith. Yeah. A word that we all love here at the school. Amen. <laughs> Not just because it's our name. Should not perish, but have everlasting life. Mm -hmm. So we have it laid out. God loves us. Right off the bat. We're his creation. Mm -hmm. We're not fathers, but we all have had yeah. fathers. And I can, I know I can say for my father that he would give up anything to make sure that I was okay. Same here. To make sure that, and I know, Jonathan, you have a bit of a different situation. But. Oh, my father would do the same, though. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that God gave his only son. My dad has two sons. Yeah. I have an older brother. His name's... We're calling him John. I don't know. Yeah. I never see the guy, sadly. Yeah. I wish I could. Yeah. But God gave his only son. It's not like he... It's like, okay, I'll send Jesus, and, you know, I have... I have this other son... Steve, yeah. that oh well, well, we'll do better with him. No, Jesus was his only son. Yeah. And he sent him to die. It's like sending the thing you love most 
like I have a sister it's like there's a burning building I'm gonna send her in to go grab my stuffed animal hmm no I mean the stuffed animal is probably gone by then but yeah. I'm not gonna send my sister into this burning building yeah. and then that whoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life just like what Luke says mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it's Luke I'm pr it might be Luke and Matthew says yeah um, that Jesus came to seek and save the lost correct and tie in right back again to the beginning mm -hmm. of the Bible yeah. all because of that sin so the whole grand plan that we're trying to get at here is that in the Old Testament, God said it to where once a year you made a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. and the high priest came, went to God in the Holy of Holies and offered them. Mm -hmm. But ever since Jesus died, the veil that was in between was mm -hmm. torn. There's no veil. There's no barrier between us and our Heavenly Father. Which means we can pray directly to Him. We don't have to go through anybody else. Because Jesus is our mediator. And the way I think of mediator is I think of a median. Which is like this giant piece of stone or concrete in the middle of a road that separates two different yeah. lane or two different sides of the road. So Jesus is that in between between us and God. And I'm pretty sure um, it's one of the I am statements in John. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the life. No one cometh to the Father except through me. And I don't know what version I was quoting that was just off the top of my head mm. but so the fact that to tie it back to the beginning with the priesthood of the believers yeah. we have that one on one connection with God yeah. that we can just talk to him anytime we want that's right he'll always answer our phone call unlike Caleb that wow! Will never answer my phone. Doesn't well, call my, back. My phone did not go off in my pocket. Okay. Have you found that verse? We've been I kind didn't. of talking here. I, mean, I didn't. I found a different one that kind of ties in, though. But when the fullness of time has come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem that which were under the law, that we might be seen, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. So, what that's talking about is we have the same connection to our Heavenly Father as we would to our Father. And, and Jesus makes that, um, that as well in Matthew in the... Uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, and I think afterwards a few times too, and um, throughout throughout each of the Gospels, you'll you'll see that theme of God, that our Heavenly Father. Um, John is the one I think it specifically comes in the most throughout the whole Bible. Is the the Father is called the Father in in John most often. Um, so 
I was actually also looking for a different verse on First Corinthians. Um, he was the lamb slain. Uh, I was looking for the lamb was slain for us, but um, then on First Corinthians there was a. Uh, he became flesh that knew no flesh that we might become the the sons of God, right? Yes. Yeah, I don't. He became he became sin who knew no sin. Correct. That we might res, uh, that we might become his the, his children. The righteousness. The that's righteousness right. Of yeah. God. It's a song, I believe. Correct. Yeah. By some contemporary author that I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we won't go there. We might be gone. <laughs> Definitely stop right there. Well. Speaking of stopping, we probably should be before we say anything that gets us into trouble. So we want to say thank you. We want to say thank you. Have a nice day. Have a good day. Have a great day. The Men of God Podcast is brought to you by the Men of God Project, serving God by the study of His Word.